0: This is Today's Business Leaders, actionable advice from real-world professionals. And now, here's your host, Gabe Arnold.
1: All right, on today's show, I'm very excited that uh, one of my longtime mentors, uh, that virtually anyway, in the, in the beginning, uh, Brian Kurtz, is on the show, and he's going to talk to us about his book and some other amazing life lessons, I'm sure. So welcome to the show, Brian. Oh, thanks, Gabe it's a pleasure to be here yeah so before we started uh the actual recording here i was talking to brian and telling him, like i i kind of traced back how i find people and how i follow them i'm not sure if it was through kevin rogers um that i got on one of your webinars you did or maybe through john carlton but it's always funny how the uh the circles are pretty tight and how everybody's looped together once you get to know everybody
0: Yeah. It's like, I guess, you know, you can say the internet's really big, but there's only one internet or something. uh,
1: um, But yeah, it's,
0: uh, we're all, we're all connected.
1: Yeah. And it, um, it makes me think a lot about what, what you've talked about for years, like on your blog and your email, you know, newsletters that I get and everything, but you talk about in the book as well is that there's no competition. It's all, you know, it's all collaboration. It's all coexistence. And I feel like from everything, That I've read in the book and as long as I've followed you that that's been a tenant for a long time And I think that's a massively different uh, focus than a lot of people have because they're always worried about their competitors or it becomes like a a negative competition and what what I'm wondering is um, if you can share with the audience like how did you first come upon that and then you know you decided that that was your, your actual true values you wanted to follow instead of being you know, scare the competitors, so to speak.
0: Yeah, I mean, I guess I was fortunate because I was I was a list manager. Um, a lot of your people don't even know what that what? is, so I'll tell you what it is. Um, in the direct mail world in the 1980s and before, there was something called a list manager, which if you had a list, you represent the list in the marketplace and brokers and mailers and people who wanted to use it. And it occurred to me that um, that if, if there was a mailer out there, like a, a direct mail company out there that wanted to use my list and wanted to use another list, that it was an and not an or, that you weren't mailing just one list. So it occurred to me like, well, clearly I should get together with the other list managers and we should talk about how we sell our lists and not that we're going to sell them together, but that we can share best practices and, and, you know, and that type of thing. And so it was, it was a luxury, you know, that, that we were both, if if my list works and your list works, we both stand to make some money. So why not share information? So it was easy for me. And then, as I got into the business, you know, further, um, and on the on the mailer side, I'm like, well, why doesn't this sharing take place there as well? I mean, if, if you know, everybody thinks you know they have the deep dark secret of whatever, and yeah. you don't, you just don't. And I mean, there are certain things that can be prior uh, proprietary, but it's it's amazing how the the people who um, think they've got it all and they think they've got it dialed in and they better not share it with anybody are generally the ones that don't last and the ones who share last. Now, this is not 100%. I mean, there are situations where the non-sharers are you know, doing fine and yeah. there are a lot of situations where the people who share everything go out of business. But in general... Um, over 40 years, I would say that if I'm gonna make a mistake on sharing too much and, or not sharing, um, I'm gonna share too much, because it's what's gonna come back. And then the other piece of that in the book, I talk about 100-0, um, and the idea is, if I'm sharing with you and you're sharing with me, I'm not keeping score, you know, I'm not, if you give me three things and I give you two things, that's okay. You know, we, you know, and so when, once you decide that, you know, um, you know c- competition is coexistence, you have to kind of shed the notion that um, whatever I give you, you have to give me. And again, in the Internet world, when I got involved, like with affiliate deals and things like that, the idea of you gave me this many names, now you owe me three mailings to get me that amount of names. Yeah, you know, there's some truth to that. But, you know, ultimately, I got some names, you got some names, we're both happy, let's move on. And it doesn't have to be an equal, um, uh, an equal split. But, you know, it's hard to get those concepts out there and, and not sound like, you know, I'm being, uh, uh, I'm trying to, you know, tell people that it's crazy to, to, to not, do this but um it's really served me well over my career
1: yeah i remember when you talked about 100 percent zero in a newsletter three or four years ago i mean i'm sure that's a, a principle that you've taught for years at this point but i remember that what really stuck with me about that is it's really simple to live that way like it eliminates me trying to keep track of did you do me a favor back yeah or, or like um it really impacted me at just a personal relationship level, even with my friends. Cause you, you talked about in, a, in one of the letters and I know you talked about it in the, in the book um, that, you know, you're, you always felt like you're the guy that had to reach out to your friends and like you were, and it was bothering you at some point. And I don't know if you arrived to it or somebody else pointed out to you like, well, just go all the way. Don't worry about if they're, if they're going to meet you halfway or at 20% or whatever. Right. I, I think that was such a, is such a powerful part of the book and just a freeing moment when people realize, Oh, I don't have to hold back in what I'm giving. And I don't have to keep track. I can just, I can just give and reach out. Like, and I don't need to, you know, try to play some game that we don't nobody knows the rules for like Brian didn't call me back. So I can't email him again or like, right. it, it seems petty. And man, I just, I feel like that was just one of the hugely powerful thing for people to realize is, it frees you when you decide to go all the way. It's yeah. Nothing. I mean,
0: the, the you know, uh, Ad, I, Adam Grant wrote a book called Give and Take and he, I mean, I didn't invent this. I mean, you know, this yeah. is something that's been around, <clears throat> but in business, you don't see it that often. And mm-hmm. what Adam Grant said is that there are three types of people. There are givers, takers, and matchers. Yep. And so a giver is, you know, an unconditional giver. A taker is, you know, just a taker. And then a matcher is, you know, 50, 50, you know? And I think the key is one, I, you, you said it already, but just to repeat it, that to, to never use the term, I'll meet you halfway because as soon as you start putting some definition on it, you're not free to give, you know, fully. And, you know, there are some points in my life where, you know, I'll give and give and give and I get nothing back. Not that I'm looking for anything, but it does feel like it's just a taking relationship and you Mm got to get out of that. And what Grant talks about in his book, which is, I I highly recommend the book. And it's, it's, um, he says, who do you think the least successful people in the world are? They're givers. Who do you think the and then you think, all right, that this book is not my not the book that I thought it was. And then I then they say who are the most successful people? Oh, they're also givers. I remember and, that and line. It's how you give. It's it's how yeah, yeah. so you don't want to be a chump, but you don't want to be keeping score. And there's a there's a delicate balance. I can tell you over, you know, forty years in business that I've gotten taken advantage of in the, yeah. you know, in, in whatever definition you want to give that. But I'll take that over a few times that I get taken advantage of for all the richness that you get from living a hundred zero. So that's the, you know, that's, there are some downsides, but you know, they're, they get outweighed pretty, pretty clearly.
1: Yeah. And I would agree. And like, it's, it's, it's very like, again, this is obviously a theme of how you, how you've lived and grown your business, but it's just like, you know, there's no competition. It's just coexistence, like freely share information, you know, freely go a hundred percent of the way. Like when we, when we don't restrict information, like, which is essentially in a, what we're talking about, we don't restrict what we're giving, everything works. It's like good circulation, good blood flow in your body. Anytime you start to try to restrict it or hold it back or get all tense about that's something. Good, that's
0: a good, that's a good uh, metaphor.
1: Yeah. You can't, you can't guarantee the health of the systems anymore because something's getting tight or strained or stressed. And that's, and yeah, yeah, I remember
0: um uh in the in the early days of of when I was in the nineteen eighties when I was just starting out that the the ultimate company in direct mail was the reader's digest. Yeah. The readers digest was like, you know, just and and the readers digest was they were doing a lot of sophisticated modeling techniques, they were doing, you know, they had a huge database. And they restricted their employees from speaking at conferences, from sharing the Mm. wealth. And ultimately it, it, you know, I guess the proof is in the fact that they've gone bankrupt three times and, you know, and, and it's, but I mean, I I use that as an example of, of proving my, proving why why competition is coexistence. I'm sure there are many examples of companies that didn't share and are thriving and, are doing okay, but then there's the other piece and there's the, it's sort of uh, the karma piece and I think that, you know, I don't know, you live, you're only going through life once and why not, you're not gonna, by holding stuff back, as you said, it's the restrictive nature and I think ultimately, you know, your blood flow is gonna, you know, is gonna restrict and you're gonna have a heart attack or you're gonna have a stroke, whereas if you're free with it, yeah you may give away some stuff that you might not have wanted to give away but it's it's a it's a freeing as you said a freeing experience so you know it's it's a you know it's a it's a, and i can you know there are there are a lot of specifics in business where uh this kind of sharing just is incredible in fact when i was selling lists like i would sell to the list brokers and the list brokers you know that was my livelihood, but I found that and I, found, I realized this early on that if i if I spent more time with the other list managers um, who didn't want to spend time with me because why would they spend time with me because they couldn't sell to me and vice versa but I found first of all, I wanted to see what my competition looked like, and mm-hmm. it was pretty weak and i i I learned what they what they were doing, and I created a carved out a path and Ended up being, you know, a really good list manager. But I yeah, think yeah. that the, when I did get together with list managers who wanted to get together with me, the uh, exchanging was fantastic. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's it, it, it's 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 an open it's an open ended thing. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And yeah, the the karmic value of it is obviously unmeasurable because yeah, you may help a few people for for free or give more than you shouldn't and maybe get a little worked over on it. But it's not. uh, That's just once in a while. Whereas I can look at so many, you know, valuable relationships that I have that came out of me happily helping for free or sending a referral or things like those, those turn into the right ones and not by our selection, but just the right ones end up to be huge opportunities that end up growing the business and a good relationship is worth a lot more than money. Like the relationships always pay us over and over. And
0: yeah. the, the I, I believe in, in serendipitous luck. So if you know, I, I'm not, I'm not that spiritual. I'm not, I'm not that religious, but I do believe that you put positive energy in the air. Um, like, I, you know, people on my, on my list. Um, I think I said this when you were at, at my dinner in Cleveland, yeah. that it was, it was a lesson in just respond to your emails. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I respond to every single email. I mean, I don't get to them right away, but I get to them.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: for the 20 that I respond to that lead to nothing, um, something else is going to come out of somewhere else. And whether it was related or not, I don't really care because I'm putting out the karma and oh. that's going to come back. So I think that, you know, p- you know, this is the whole thing of lister people too. And, you know, yeah. if you if you're treating your list like it's and your list is your most important asset. So if you're treating your list, like, you know, a one size fits all that it's, you know, not it's it, that, the, you know, that they're not people, but they're just this mass that is going to, you're going to send something out and money's going to come back, which happens. Mm-hmm. But if you can look at the, you know, the, the granular level of it, that when someone emails you and asks you a question uh, within reason, um, you, you know, answer the question. Um, yeah. No. And so it's, it's a, and I did that with you. I mean, you came out of my list and, you know, and I respond and whether it leads to something or it doesn't, it, it, it's irrelevant. And if it doesn't lead to anything, so what? I mean, I made a connection with somebody on my list, which I call my list, my online family, because yeah. that's the way you need to, to look at it.
1: Yeah, and that's that's another part of, of what you cover and over-deliver in your new book. That's just, was such a great reminder because I, in the internet marketing world sometimes, which I'm definitely, obviously all of us marketers are a little bit more digital than we were when you first yeah. started. And uh, it's, man, unfortunately, like in any world, there's a lot of people that don't care about what they're sending or don't care about what they're doing. And it, it's just refreshing to see how your lifelong focus on, treating your list right and treating people right and doing the right thing is it really works incredibly well whereas yeah. you obviously we, we all see those upshoots that try to do things quick and dirty and easy and don't care and like nobody ever lasts them because if they run into trouble who's there to help them like yeah, I mean,
0: that's like the uh, the uh this is the book and and the uh the subtitle is build a business for a lifetime playing the long game in direct response marketing so you know, direct response marketing can be a short game, you know, it can be product to product and, you know, it it can be a very, um, you know, revenue event to revenue event. But Mm -hmm. if you play the long game and develop relationships and um, over the long haul, that's where I think the the value in what you're building comes out. And uh, I mean, that is a big, that's an overriding premise in the book.
1: Yeah. And it, and like you say, you know, play the long game. Then it, it works forever. It works over and over and over. And it, yeah, for me, not that I hadn't heard it, but I was like, to I need to relearn things sometimes and rehear them. For me, the big impact was, man, I I need to really be conscious of how I treat my list. I need to remember every time I click send that it is, you know, it's it's a friend on the other side. How can I treat them? How can I support them? How can I? Well, the, and, do and again, I,
0: I think I was I was trained um, in a way. I mean, again. I I don't know if I had a diff, if I had a different background that I wouldn't I wouldn't feel differently. But right. in uh, I, uh, chapter three of the book is how paying postage made me a better marketer, and yeah. so by growing up in direct mail, that the 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 uh, not that direct mail is the be all end all anymore, mm-hmm. but the fact that I had to take so much pain it was so much it was so painful and so we had to be so meticulous in what we did before we, you say, click, click, clicking, hitting send doesn't right. cost you anything. You right. know, sending out a million pieces of mail at, you know, $500, a 1,000 costs you a bundle. So yeah, even yeah. though we're still getting, you know, 2% response, 3% response, you had to think about every single person you're mailing yeah. or if you didn't. So, so that I think that discipline, of direct mail, if you can take that and put it on your online marketing, it makes a huge difference. And yeah, you can hit send a lot more than you can mail, obviously. Right. But you don't have to, but every time you hit send, make, make, that, make that messaging mean something. Make it, you know, the, one of the big things I see, and you know, not with the marketers that I hang out with who are really doing online marketing at a very high level, but it's, it's going, for the, going in for the kill too soon. Yeah. And, you know, because they want to make the quick buck. And if you can be a little more patient and take your time, I, I think I have a line in my book it's everything is not a revenue event, but everything is a relationship event.
1: Yeah. And so
0: you always want to think about how um, continuing the relationship to, to lead to a sale as opposed to, oh, I have a list they'll probably buy, let's just sell them, you know, four times a week. And right. <laughs> it, it's, it's, it, it's, it's, a, it's a philosophy. I don't want people to not mail their list. I don't want people to not make money, but there's a, you know, I always say, don't just make money, deserve it.
1: Yeah. That's a good line.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's from and Bill yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. And it, and yeah, you and you talk about obviously, which I totally agree with. You have to have that discipline in direct mail because you had to invest a significant um, amount of you know money up front. And you talk about in the book how I don't remember if it was the guy that you brought in from Reader's Digest or not. I forget, but how you guys ultimately got to the point where you knew that at your 18th month or your 24 month renewal, that's where you really started to make money, and you know had no problem spending hundreds or whatever the number was for each customer for two years. And like just to be able to have that mindset one is, is super key that you are investing at that timeline. And, and, and but even the down.
0: guys, the, the people listening who are like have a much smaller business, you you start, you have to look at lifetime value. So, right, you know, right. you, you want to look at, um, you know, it might not be two years, but it might be making sure you have a second and third product so that if you can, figure out how many people are taking the second and third product, what the total amount of money that you're going to get, you can afford to spend a lot more in the initial um, um, mailing or or promotion. And then as you go on, it got to a point where we could do 24 months because we've accumulated a lot of cash. But again, it's being patient. It's, it's slow and steady wins the race and Otherwise, you're just trying to make money on that first sale and it's painful. I mean, you know, even with the Internet being a lot cheaper, it's, you know, it's it's painful to to try to um, uh, make money on the first
1: sale. Yeah. And the other danger, I think, of the Internet is it almost breeds a little bit of entrepreneurial ADD because it is so easy and it is so cheap. It doesn't force any type of discipline or good behavior. And then we don't, you know, invest for long-term or think about our numbers closely enough. And not well, that's why the
0: way, I, the way I set up the book is like, I talked about, um, I have an introduction and I have a, you know, chapter one is over deliver. Chapter two is original source, which is going back to the original sources of marketing fundamentals and see how they apply today. So, but those fundamentals haven't changed. Yeah. They're just in different. You know, the technology is put it on steroids, but it's it it's it's way it's way more powerful. So that and then chapter three was how paying postage made me a better marketer. So that was the direct mail piece. So I set the book up so that I wanted to get all these foundational concepts in there early, and then I did lists, and then I did offers, and then I did um, uh, uh, creative, and then I did customer service and fulfillment. And then I, you know, so that was an important structure of the book to kind of show where I was coming from uh, in turn. I I saw a a review on Amazon, um, my only three-star review. And the guy um, was like a professional reviewer. He was like, you know, (laughs) so, and he, I mean, he wasn't wrong, but he basically said, you know, it was, um, the book is you know if if you're new to marketing it's fabulous if you're not new to marketing you know basically nothing to see here and um and and you know what to some degree he's right i'm not saying that but i gotta tell you that even if you're experienced the reminders are just so important and i you know i respect his three-star review i mean he he says it's you know a good book and you know readable and all that um, and it, but it it and I'm not annoyed by it either because I think you know you can see why you know why he would he would look at it that way so uh, but I do think that you know the foundation because the thing is I didn't I didn't invent anything you know yeah. I mean all these foundational principles are in other books elsewhere. I'm just telling them through my story. And I think that if, if there's a lot of people that don't know those fundamentals, there's less people talking about it today than there were. So a book coming out today with those fundamentals is something that I think is of use. And so that was very important for me, despite the fact, I mean, I, I, in, the, in the, new, um, the new Star is Born movie, um, there's a, a scene in there where um, Sam Elliott, who plays the br- brand, uh, um, uh, Bradley uh, uh, Cooper's uh, brother, and and he, he says, he's talking about music, and he says, music is 12 notes, but told over, the same 12 notes told over and over again. And oh, yeah. it, it encouraged me to write a blog post about that, that I didn't invent anything. Most people don't invent stuff in their life, but... If you can become the messenger for a particular, like RFM is a concept that's in my book, it's very important in direct marketing, recency, frequency, monetary value. Um, Mm. If you've never heard of RFM, and I can tell you about RFM through a story, through a a narrative that you can relate to, I become the messenger for that piece of information. I didn't invent RFM. Right. Right. And so, I think that's a really important, and I really encourage marketers to constantly take the principles and put them through that lens, uh, their own lens mm-hmm. of their experience. And it really makes a difference. So that's yeah. been, you know, a a very rewarding thing about the book. Yeah. For me. Yeah.
1: yeah. And I yeah. think, I mean, in some senses you can never master the fundamentals you have to always use them over and over and get better and better at them right and, and yeah that's definitely the key so it's it's, it's, important, it's important that this stuff, stuff is covered, covered because people haven't heard of it or they're not good at it or it's like it was a really strong reminder to me to pay attention to my customers and like pay attention to the list a little bit better right better. right then, even it's not the first time i heard it but it just resonated in a different way which i think is really key um and as you, as you kind of move into the, in the later parts of the book, you talk about taking your own customer service calls and, you know, dealing with angry customers, um, which is something to kind of, I think, touch on a little bit. And then towards the end, you talk about intentional dinners. So can you touch on those two topics for us?
0: Yeah. So the, the, uh, the, the customer service thing uh, is that, you know, uh, I, I encourage you if if you're a CEO of a company that if you can li- you want to listen to your customers. So you, you're, you're you're watching your emails, you're responding to your emails, but getting on the phone um, and listening to what your customers are experiencing, both good and bad, will teach you so much. Um, I also recommend because um, I think the I think it's chapter seven or eight is customer service and fulfillment. And I start the chapter saying customer service and fulfillment are marketing functions. Yeah, they're yeah. not just anyhow parts of your business. And the in fact, you know, the repeat business is way more valuable than than the the new business. And mm-hmm. so acquisition, while very important, is not as important as repeat business. And the things you learn, like I also say, I recommend you know hiring a secret shopper. So if you can't get on the customer service calls or you can't go through all the different funnels in your company and all the different things that are going on in your company, hire somebody to do it like secretly. And yeah, yeah. then, you know, I, I, I tell the story about someone who did this and they had the person go through everything in the, everything in the business, like, and, and buy something, return it, complain, you know, and, and just basically become a troublemaker and then, but you know, go through every possibility and see what happens and and, and ask one question every time. How did that make me feel? How did the, the person make me feel? And so that, that I, I can't tell you how valuable it is to learn those things. In fact, he learned that, um, a really small thing that was a change made. It was, it was game changing for his business because he was like, he he was selling like a low, a, a low price book and then another course for some hundreds of dollars. And then they brought him to a live event. And then at the live event, they sell like a $15,000 coaching program or whatever mastermind, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And what he found, what the person who was the secret shopper went through that, bought the 15000 a uh, fifteen thousand dollar program on a Friday and didn 't get a call from anybody in the company until the following wednesday yeah and you know they were wondering why you know you had all these returns and all these you know refunds you know and so they changed the whole policy where you know you you the the day you got home was the day you got the call now that sounds so simple and so subtle but it was so important because you give someone two or three days to second guess a $15,000 purchase. So that, that was the example I gave, but there's a lot of examples all over the place. So that, that, so those are some of the things about, um, and, and then, you know, just doing, uh, research before you go out with a product, you know, finding out, um, what your best customers would like next. Uh, I I have a whole process that I go through that and, um, so there's just a lot of things in the customer service and fulfillment area that are just so important. And, you know, I talk about rewarding those people um, better than you might like, even though it's a back end thing. I, I, I equate the fact that I'm an umpire in baseball um, and that being an umpire is like being a customer service rep. The yeah. only time you hear about it is if you miss a call. You know, the, the only time you hear about it is if you screw something up. Mm-hmm. They just want you to be invisible. But yeah, yeah. but I think that there's, you know, value in rewarding, praising, uh, and, you know, fixing things in the customer service and fulfillment area of your business. As far as the uh, the thing about the dinners, um, we we did, when I was at Boardroom, we used to do these dinners. We had experts for our newsletters and our books. And so every month we would, bring together, um, you know, 15, 20 of these experts and all different types, you know, we had people, doctors and lawyers and financial experts and marketing experts, and we bring them around the table and we, and and we have what I call intentional dinners. And, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't, you know, the idea, my, my attitude is if you're going to put together a dinner, you know, set it up so that it's as intentional as you, as you want it to be. I mean, you attended my, my dinner in Cleveland. Now I didn't do the full Monty there because I had too many people. But if I was doing that for 20 people, not only would I seat you next to people that I'd want you to sit next to, but then I would also make sure that, you know, I would put you on the spot to talk about something that is your expertise. And so the idea, I mean, it, it, there's a lot of different details about it, but I guess the, the overriding thing about the intentional dinners is that you wanna have, you know, everybody, everybody knows everything about this much. Yeah. And yeah. so you get somebody talking about what they're passionate about for a few minutes, that's gonna what, what's gonna make a dinner really special. And, you know, imagine if you had 20 experts at a dinner and each one has an expertise and they talked about their expertise for five or 10 minutes, what that would lead to uh, in terms of education, in terms of collaboration, in terms of all that stuff. And so I, I do that, you know, wherever I can. And there's another uh, uh, m- a smaller version of the intentional dinner, which is like the six person dinner. So this is one where you go to a conference or you're at a, at, a, at an event and you look around for five other people. And six is the ideal number because you get a round table in a quiet spot in the restaurant. You got to have a quiet spot so you can talk. And it's a beautiful thing because you have a a, a real, uh, again, everybody shares, um, you have one conversation around the table. Um, and I just think that trying to keep, um, the conversation going um, in those kinds of environments is just so powerful, and 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 you know what? I don't want to leave anything to chance. And if if nothing happens, fine. But nothing's going to happen if you just leave it to chance and people are having random conversations. So, um, yeah, I, I have I have it's, it's all outlined in the book, and I yep, yep. I, I I really show people how to do it and it is a little there's a lot more to it but that's yeah that's, yeah. that's
1: no that, thanks for sharing that because i think that was really powerful here as well it's just the what impact you can make by just being intentional about that as well and it, again another thing just inspired me to really pay attention and when i'm traveling or when i can host stuff you know where i live or anytime like that you can make a huge impact and make one connection that could you know change yeah. the amazing world like you said and, that, and that's that, again, another part I really enjoyed in the book. Um, so just to kind of, as we kind of bring things to a close here, one of the things that is very true to form with the book and what you share in the book is the bonuses that are included. Personally, I think there's $10,000 of training in the bonus section.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's, it, I, I over-delivered on the bonus. I mean, I, I, I was thinking about this, you know, you, you title a book over-deliver. Over-deliver is not even a word by the way. I own the (laughs) The word. word. So, (laughs) over deliver is not a word, but um, if I don't over deliver on the bonuses, like, how could I, you know, look myself in the mirror? So, um, I went crazy. I mean, I, I, I created a a bonus page of 11 bonuses. Uh, Each one is powerful. Like, um, so I have, I, 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 after the book went to press, I'm, I'm writing every week. So I have the lost chapters of Overdeliver. That's, that's one of them. Yeah, so I, yeah. I created a swipe file of 400 pages of packages and direct mail and, and all kinds of promotions going back to 1900 uh, with the help of, uh, of, a, of a direct marketing archivist, um, Jason Hart. And so that's the, I, I call that the uh, copywriter's toolkit. Yep, and yep. then I've got um um I've got like a, a a course that Jay Abraham put together um which was it cost him a couple hundred thousand dollars to put together and he just gave it to me and said I'm not doing anything with this anymore and that's just it's all digital. Um, yeah, yeah. And then he gave me um uh 21 keynotes that he's done. Um I have a full day um, with Perry Marshall um, that I it was a $2,500 event and I just yeah, put yeah. the whole thing on, on digital and you can basically, you got the whole day. I've got a, a 270 page swipe file from Dan Kennedy. I've got um, two books, full PDFs of books, um, mm-hmm. Dick Benson and Gordon Grossman, who most of the people may be listening to this, never heard of these guys, but they're the two geniuses of direct mail that I learned direct mail from. And yeah, keeping yeah, their yeah. name alive was really important to me. Like the original OGs, right? The original mm-hmm. gangsters of, of direct marketing. And so yeah, yeah. Th- they, have, they each wrote a book and I have the whole book on PDF as two of the other bonuses. Um, so anyway, it's 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 like an incredible package. And if it said overdeliverbook.com and it's just, um, so I overdelivered delivered on the
1: bonuses. Oh my gosh, yeah, As I was going say, I mean, it's, I, I, I'm still not all the way through them, because since you sent the book to me, I've been going through the bonuses and finished the book, and I mean, yeah, it's the stuff, one of the videos in the bonuses is worth more than things I've paid three or $4,000 for. Yeah,
0: you know, the, 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 it wasn't just the over delivered. there was a, a bunch of other uh, reasons why I did the package the way I did it. One of the things that I'm very proud of in the book is, is um, you know remembering my mentors and yeah, yeah. Um, I, I don't know if you've ever if anybody's seen the movie Coco, but it's a Pixar film and it's a kids film but it's not really a kids film and mm-hmm. it's like an amazing one. film <laughs> and, and it's it's about um, Dia de Muertos which is a holiday that's celebrated in Mexico and it's like a a couple of days and basically you celebrate the dead. And but you celebrate the dead. You don't more. I mean, you remember them, and there's some sadness. But you celebrate their, 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 their lives. Um, mm-hmm. And so, and and the one of the lessons in the movie is that when you die, you're not really dead until you're forgotten. Mm-hmm. Once you're forgotten, then you're dead. Like you crumble. And so, the idea that by doing this book now because you know too many of my mentors are dead I mean because I was when I was 20 and 30 years old I gravitated toward 60 and 70 year olds because they had all the wisdom and so you can imagine that now that I'm 60 years old that they're all dead and so in fact someone said I should I should have titled my book too many of my mentors are dead but (laughs) But I think that the book is a celebration of, you know, of, of so many of those. And Now, a lot of the people in my bonuses, like Jay Abraham and, and, uh, and, and uh, Perry Marshall, they're still alive. But there's also a lot of people like Gene Schwartz and, and, and Dick Benson and people like that who were dead and who taught me a lot and were the reason why, you know, I was able to do this book. So that's another big reason for the bonuses, uh, not just to over deliver, but to over deliver on my, uh, my departed mentors who are still with me uh, every day. Very cool.
1: Well, thank you so much, Brian. This has been a blast. I really appreciate you sharing time with us and going through everything. Um, Again, everybody can check it out at overdeliverbook.com. It's it's worth every penny, and you, if it's something you pick up and reread a couple times a year, I guarantee you it'll it'll grow your business and help you hit, move the right direction. So, thank you so much, Brian. Thank you. All right. Cool. I guess I guess on my iPad I can't turn off the recording, which was fine, but that works for my video editor. So, yeah. Um, uh, yes,
0: yeah, so I think I, that was a good interview because you know you pulled stuff from the book, which was good. It made, yeah, made it yeah. easier for me. So
1: thank you. Yeah. yeah. No, it's, I super enjoyed it. And it was it really meant a lot to receive it personally from you. And it just a, always, a, always a great reminder, and great lesson. And thank you again so much for having me down to dinner. That meant a ton to me and it was fun to, fun to hang out. And I had a great conversation with Chris and we're doing some business together. Oh, good. I was hoping. It's been, yeah. So it's, it's very good. And if there's ever anything I can do to help you on any front or, Anything like that, it would be my pleasure. So oh great. Thank you. Absolutely. So I will um I'll email you and shoot this over when it goes live in the next you know few weeks and then I'd be glad to have you back on in a few months if you're interested. So we'll do that. All right. Uh, Thanks, out. Gabe. Have a wonderful rest of your day, Brian. I'll talk yeah, to you. Yeah, you too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. You've been listening to today's business leaders
0: with Gabe Arnold. Remember to subscribe on iTunes. For more information, visit todaysbusinessleaders.com.